Welcome to the Hat Soil Health Podcast, a production of Hoosier Ag Today and made possible by the Indiana Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative, a program of the Indiana Conservation Partnership. Once a month, we'll spotlight the many efforts around Indiana by CCSI and its many partners to improve soil health on Indiana cropland. Here's the host of the Hat Soil Health Podcast, Eric Pfeiffer. Welcome into the Hat Soil Health Podcast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Glad to have you along. We are on location today uh, here in New Harmony, Indiana. We just concluded the Indiana Prairie Farmer Master Farmer event where we heard a lot about sustainability and cover crops, soil health, which was good to hear. And uh, that ties into the Hat Soil Health Podcast here uh, as we record from New Harmony. And I have got a couple of guests on board with me today. First off, let's introduce Susan Brocksmith. Susan, thank you for joining us. If you could just introduce yourself, please. Yes, thank you for having us here today. Um, my name is Susan Brocksmith. I live just east of Vincennes, Indiana. My husband and I have a farm that we have row crop with corn and soybeans, as well as I'm the Vincennes University Agribusiness uh, Program Chair. Very good. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, you know, on TV, like Chicago Med, Chicago PD, they have these crossover events, you know, like, and they, they tout it as a big crop. We're having a crossover event on the Soil Health Podcast today. Uh, the star of the Purdue Crop Chat Podcast <laughs> that we also do at Hoosier Ag today uh, is, is here with us. Dan Quinn is the new Purdue Extension Corn Specialist. Dan, for those who haven't tuned into the Purdue Crop Chat Podcast to hear you introduce yourself, please go ahead. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. Um, yeah, my name is Dan Quinn. Um, I've been in this position as the new extension corn specialist at Purdue for just under two months. Uh, so getting learning the ropes and, and getting used to everything here in the state. Um, I'm originally from central Michigan, so I did two degrees at Michigan State and then moved down to Kentucky and, and finished my Ph.D. at uh, University of Kentucky. So you know, tying into some of the soil health podcast, I've worked heavily with cover crops and kind of that precision nutrient management of corn and, and trying to make that whole system work for farmers. Well, let's expand upon that a little bit. That's why we've got you here on the Soil Health mm-hmm. Podcast. Talk about some of the research you've done yeah. and how it ties into soil health. Yeah, I think kind of one of my main focuses, one for my PhD, but, you know, as we expand into the work I'm doing here at Purdue is is trying to get you know both cover crops and no-till to work for farmers so um, you know cover crops can be tough especially for corn Um, corn can struggle following cover crops in certain situations and and you know trying to figure out can we make this system work if farmers want to use cover crops can we make their corn work following cover crops or make it work uh, following no-till there's just a lot of interest in that area a lot more farmers are coming to me and asking me, you know, I want to try no-till. I want to I try cover crops. So trying to help those folks make that system work and, and be really efficient for them. Now, Susan, on your farm, you've been doing cover crops and, and soil health practices for a long time. Have you noticed some of these things that Dan's talking about, some of the struggles, and are you happy to hear that he might be working on some of it? Yes, we're so happy to have Dan with us and that, uh, it's going to be a learning system with all of us. We have been practicing cover crops and looking at how we can leave, as we heard here at the Master Farmer Banquet, leave our environment, our soils in better shape than when we got them. And that's what the whole sustainability and the cover crops and how we can do this even better. So as we look forward to the future, 
you know, on our farm, we have been cover crops for over 30 years now, looking at what can we do, can we do it better, because we, we've learned the hard way many mm-hmm. times, and um, with Dan's predecessor, Bob Nielsen, have had many chats with him of why didn't this work, or what can we do to make it better mm-hmm. as we look at that. So this is going to be fantastic to do this, as well as our next generation we just had a grandson so we're looking down that thank you so we're looking down the road of what can we do better uh to look forward to can we do this more efficiently and effectively because we have found cover crops are are making our soils better and, and giving back to us better than we had before so it's just a whole new transition of where we're going to go now, Susan, with your position at Vincent's, how does that tie into soil health? What What is it that's going on there? I have really enjoyed because we have lots of discussion in the classroom of what is soil health. You know, you can go out here and ask a lot of different people and their definition is different. What's sustainable? How can we get this done? And as we all knew, Grandpa used to do it this way. And that when we start those conversations, I'm like, yeah, and there was no cell phones back there. So if we continue to do things prior to cell phones, then you guys really don't need your cell phones either. Can we be more progressive and look at those types of things and just question, how can we make this better? Because each and every year, just like we all want to make ourselves better, how do we make our farms better and pay back even more effectively than we had before? Mm So, Dan, uh, as you are kind of learning the ropes here in Indiana, uh, what are some of your hopes and dreams here as you think forward, think ahead of some of the things you might be able to research and and help some of these farmers? Because, you know, sustainable has been a, a buzzword, if you will. People have been talking about it. But now it's starting to get to the point where they're doing more than just talking about it. They're putting it into practice and and they need a lot of information to get get them uh, some help so so what are what are kind of your hopes and dreams here um you know i think it's just making certain systems work for each individual farmer so every farmer's different and every farmer has different fields and different locations and just helping those you know want to do some of these more sustainable practices if they want to adopt no-till or they want to adopt different cover crops it's just helping those farmers understand, okay, this is where I need to get started, and this is how I can be very efficient with my, you know, um, you know, my my operation moving forward, and, and just really help those farmers get started. So, like the, the Brocksmith's farm, meeting with them, and then a lot of other folks, uh, especially down here in, in this area, have been doing no-till and cover crops for a very long time, and they're very good at it, and they know what they're doing. Um, but there's a lot of farmers that are, are new, to it too and we get a lot of questions from that aspect so learning from these farmers in this area and in other state and understanding the challenges they've had and how they've addressed that and and how can we help with research and extension and and just help those folks adopt these practices so that again that they can kind of help build their soils over time and just make their their operation more sustainable or more profitable uh, moving forward. Now, I understand that there was a dinner at the Brocksmith's last night. I'm going to bring up some dinner conversation here. Uh, it, it almost seems like I should have been there to record it, and it could have been a Soil Health podcast. Uh, but but what types of things were, were brought up uh, you know, over dinner, talking with some of these folks that, that have been doing it for a while? What, what did you hear from them, Dan? Um, it's just a lot of different management tactics. So, you know, 
some folks have been using cover crops from a long time, but they're starting to use cover crops in different ways. So are they planting them in, you know, in different strips with different mixes or they're waiting to terminate it, um, planting green into those cover crops. So how does my management change with that aspect or how do my, you know, my fertilizer, or, you know, different products or the way my planter's set, how does that change uh, when we, you know, even push it even further, you know, with cover crops and no-tills. So a lot of different conversations, a lot of good questions of just really understanding that corn management system to kind of maximize it when we're using a lot of these, these you know, tactics with cover crops or no-till. Yeah. Were you grilling them last night? Is that, is that what was going on? We, we were grilling them, but it's really nice to get a group of farmers together and talk about how has our farms changed using no-till and cover crops from hey we're seeing more uh, biodiversity in our land and we're also seeing that the, the drought tolerance the tolerance for you know too wet and not that these systems are giving us the ability to last longer and mm -hmm. uh, be more tolerant to all the different mother nature things mm -hmm. that they throw at us and that and that's what makes it great is because we can sit there and well this worked for me well I tried that and it didn't work but maybe and what did you guys do in your fields and just those little small yeah. round table type of conversations where people are willing to talk about hey this really worked and uh, the group of farmers last night was great because several of them like i tried that and it didn't work but what i did find you know yeah. and then dot 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 go yeah. on with that and to to see the energy of hey these are things we need and i think dan got a whole <laughs> litany of list of things that they would like to see yeah. him go through yeah. as well as hey we're doing this on our farm what do you think or have you seen this because he was talking about his kentucky roots we're using each other and using dan with what his experiences were in kentucky and michigan to help guide us to hey we might want to try that too yeah and i think you know one standpoint from the research and the extension side of being at a university and, and with me just starting it's it's understanding, you know, how do we tailor our research to what the challenges that farmers have. Um, so in my position and, and what we do, it's, it's trying to get that applied research out there and so that farmers can use our results and, and improve their operations. So having those conversations is great for me. Now, we mentioned your, your background in Kentucky, mm -hmm. um, and obviously Kentucky's big into no-till. What are some of the things you learned while you were there that you plan to bring here to Indiana? Um, it's just, you know, down in Kentucky, a lot of the farmers, the soils they have, they don't really have a choice <laughs> when it comes to no-till. They have very shallow soils, very rolling hills, but there's a lot of that in Indiana too, especially in the southern part where we are. Um, just a, a lot of highly erodible soils and, and just helping farmers, especially in those high prone areas, to get that to work. I've worked with, you know, a lot of really good farmers in Kentucky that that really made it work and and having conversations with folks in indiana that really made it work so can we kind of move some of that you know north you know they don't they haven't you know throughout history they haven't had the need to no-till or even use cover crops but there's more and more interest from folks the more north we go so can we learn from those folks and and maybe help the folks you know as you move more further north and um, that can adopt some of those practices you talk about the interest. Susan, where do you think that comes from? The interest in, in doing option uh, four. It's, it's been a buzzword for a while, but people are starting to put it into practice now and, and try different things. Where has that interest kind of stemmed from? I think it stemmed from a lot of different areas. One is economics. When we had $3 corn and so 
and looking at you know the low commodity prices that spurred on some of that as well as um, look at environmental groups that we're watching us even closer that we want to do what's right we want you know we eat the same foods that the consumers eat so what we want to do is put our best foot forward as well as hey there's nothing better than to watch corn grow or beans grow and know that that's back of nature how can we make nature work more for us than ever before that's great Hey, thank you so much for doing this, this uh, Soil Health podcast and getting together here after the Master Farmer Banquet. Uh, Dan, any final thoughts here on on cover crops and soil health practices as you kind of blossom into this new role? <laughs> I, you know, don't be afraid to try things. You know, I've, I've learned from a lot of great farmers in these last couple of days that, that aren't afraid to try things. And, you know, that's kind of our role in the extension and research world at Purdue at a university is to help those folks try things. And, and maybe it won't be as much of a disaster if they're kind of doing it just on their own. So giving them the information that they need so they can take that step, next step forward. And, and I just say, you know, try things on your farm and, and see what works. And, and some things will work for you and some things that might not work for you. And, and everybody's different, but don't be afraid to try different things. And Susan, I ask most of our guests this who, who employ soil health practices, what advice do you have for those that are just getting started? What advice do you give them? Know that this isn't, uh, you're not going to win. It's a marathon, so take steps, go slowly, and it's a continuum. Learn one, get it under your belt, learn how to do it, and then go to the next one. Um, if you jump in head first and you're out in the middle of the ocean, it's really hard to get there. So this is going to be a long-term project uh, and, and just keep trying. It, it, it will work, but you got to use your management skills. you got to understand it and go to other farmers and ask for help. They will help you so much by just going, hey, what do you think about this? And a lot of times you learn as much about what they did wrong as what they did right. And again, we heard a lot about sustainability and, and soil health practices from these master farmers tonight. So it's, it's really gaining a lot of traction and a lot of good resources around the state, including master farmers that I'm sure would pick up the phone to help you out. So uh, Susan, Dan, thank you so much for doing the Soil Health Podcast today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. And that does it for this edition of the Hat Soil Health Podcast, presented by the Conservation Cropping Systems Initiative. You can learn more about their programs and find a schedule of events at ccsin.org. Thanks for joining us on the Hat Soil Health Podcast. I'm Eric Pfeiffer. Who's your ag today? Indiana's Farm Network.